Chapter Fifteen of Outlaws of Ravenhurst by Sister M. Amelda Wallace, S.L. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Splinter of the Lang Sword. A sound struck on Gordon's ear. His mind reeled between living thought and living fact. Before his mental eye, the mob still surged around the blood-soaked scaffold with the sacred dead. Still Russell snarled, defiant, guarded by his lords the traitor Bertrand cringing in his shadow. Still over all hovered the martyr's soul, just catching the breath of heaven's welcoming. Salvos of angel hosts, trumpets of seraphim, hosannas of the mirrored ranks that bear the victor palm, and echoing through the courts of bliss the voice from the white throne of God, Ave, Martyr Christi. But jarring up from the world of fact came a key that grated in the lock, the dull pain of the chair in which he sat, the familiar things crowding on his sight, and the stunning sense that enemies were near. His own battle horn was blowing. The door creaked as it opened. Sir Roger was there, with Godfrey at his elbow. The tutor drew in his breath with a hiss. Disappointment darkened Sir Roger's face. He had thought to find a lad worn weary with pain, petulantly defiant, but breaking. Gordon's hot words of a few hours ago had shown his self-control to be weakening. Here, strengthened from some unknown source, the boy stood before them. His face was swollen and twisted with pain, yet in his eyes there is no fear, no yielding, no weariness, but a look of joy deeper than the wrongs of earth, sweeter and stronger than human. Godfrey would have slipped out again. Though his soul was too grossly formed to comprehend the boy's exaltation, Yet his mind was too cunning to start a battle lost from the beginning. Sir Roger sprang forward. There was that in the boy's look which made his soul writhe along the burning waves of memory. His clenched fist drew back menacingly. The Gordon looked calmly, almost pityingly, on the man's fury. It was as if the boy had suddenly become the elder. He spoke with a half-stern, yet sorrowful kindliness. "'Roger, Uncle Roger!' Why are you the only traitor, the only weakling in the house of Gordon? Has Bertrand's son led you to this shame? But you can throw it off even yet, Uncle Roger. Even yet you can be a man and not a traitor. Blows like an avalanche were the weakling's answer. Roger's lean hands were gripped about the boy's throat, throttling him, pounding his head against the sharp moldings of the chair. One more fearful blow, and Gordon plunged forward. The heavy oaken chair had come upon them both. A maddening crash upon his temple, something warm and wet between his cheek and the stone flagging, a creeping dullness. Was this death? Death for God and Our Lady? A scuffling sound came faintly. Godfrey pulled Sir Roger off. He was forcing the frenzied man from the room. The lock grated. Gordon lay still and waited. In a moment he would hear the songs of the angels. His heart went out in a great swell of joy. That soon died away into a terrible dread, and then to a bitter disappointment. The dullness was passing. Death, with its freedom from pain, with its joy beyond all earthly compare, was not there, but pain was. Hours before, Gordon had thought that he had suffered all a boy could bear. Now bruise had been added to bruise. In his head a hundred hammers seemed pounding. 
hunger was gnawing and thirst like a fire burned high over other woes he was alone in his pain as his mother had said pitifully alone the great exaltation of some minutes before had died and even god with his beautiful heaven seemed far very far away gordon drew himself up slowly painfully on his elbow and wiped the blood from his temple then he crawled to his feet and stood a bit unsteadily holding to the overturned chair once again he read his mother's note whether i am living or dead my prayer shall plead for you in that hour at this moment my mother is praying for me and she herself is suffering below in one of those terrible dungeons the thought gave him new strength slowly straightening himself as if by so doing he could the better shoulder his cross gordon walked over to the fireplace and looked long and searchingly at the picture above the mantel was the martyr gordon smiling at the lad it seemed so as he stood there beneath the cross swords and that square-jawed boy by the earl's knee was looking straight into gordon's eyes you held out to the end and it was the rack the dungeon the scaffold i'm a coward if i give up and i won't but you had better pray for me so i won't ask for water i'll stand as you stood for god and our lady the words were brave but the noble head was bowed on the mantle the square jaw set and the brown fist clenched by his side then the shining silver spot on the hearthstone caught his eye and he knelt down beside it the precious blood fell here long long ago the lad whispered father cornwall said it fell on the stones all round where they scourged you oh how it must have hurt uncle roger brought the blood only a few times on me and you were covered with blood all over gordon stooped down and kissed the spot on the hearthstone a strange deep joy came trembling through his soul end of chapter fifteen